Hello there, I'm Patrick Stroth, trusted authority in executive and transactional liability and founder of Rubicon M&A Insurance Services. Now a proud member of the Liberty Company Insurance Broker Network. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by Patrick McMillan, Transaction Advisor at Amplio. Since 1996, Amplio has provided part-time CFO and outsourced controller services to small and mid-sized businesses. I asked Patrick to join me today to talk about quality of earnings or QV reports and how they can have a significant impact both for the better and for the worse on lower middle market transactions. Patrick, thanks for being here today. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Patrick. Yeah, it, it makes it real easy with the two of us here. Now, before <laughs> we get into all things Q of E, let's start with you. What brought you to this point in your career? Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking. Uh, I actually started my career while I was in college in accounting. I did not study accounting in college, uh, but just love numbers, knew I wanted to do something with them. So I joined uh, a bank and started doing some uh, accounts receivable for them. And then I moved out here to Utah and uh, around 06, got picked up by a group of companies as their corporate controller and acting CFO. We uh, had several restaurants, some franchises, some uh, some fun centers. And so dealing with, uh, with all of the mergers and acquisitions just through that, buying and selling kind of got me a little interested in it, but not knowing what in the world I was doing. Fast forward then, I actually uh, started consulting for a, a few of the people I met in that route. And then uh, one of the people I met was a consultant who later became a partner with Amplio. Back then, it was called Advanced CFO. And so we just kept in touch through the years and a few years ago joined them. And uh, I love it. Haven't looked back since. So it's been a blast. Well, it's great. You know, there are a lot of people that, you know, start in banking and start with numbers and then get out. You're one that started and stayed in, so good for you. Yeah. Now, as we look at Amp Leo, let's talk about Amp Leo. Uh, first of all, I mean, how did you come up with the name? Because there's not a Mister Amp Leo <laughs> that that founded it. No, like you, uh, like you mentioned, Amp Leo is our name. We used to be called Advanced CFO, so we've never carried the name of a founder or a partner or anything. You know, unlike law firms or things like that. The reason why we wanted to change our name a couple of years ago, as I mentioned, we used to be called Advanced CFO. We do provide CFO services. But through the years, the CFO uh, name itself has really kind of lost a lot of value. When a lot of people, especially nowadays, are asked, well, who's your CFO? Like, oh, that's, that's the person that does my accounting. That's the one that you know runs my numbers for me. So it's really lost a lot of what it truly means. So. As advanced CFO, we wanted to really differentiate ourselves. We amplify resources. We are strategic CFOs. We're financial advisors, strategic individuals first. And we just happen to have technology strong accounting skills. And so we rebranded as Amplio to really help clients and others understand we are the ones who are set apart from the others. We are the true CFOs. All right. And you know, the reason why we're here with this uh, on this topic and where it really struck me was when we had the conversation on the the quality of earnings reports and 
just a huge impact they have, uh, quite frankly, because in the lower middle market, you don't have a lot of companies with audited financials. Well, this is the this is the stress test that they have is this Q of E uh, device. So to get real basic before we get into the Q of E, how is it different? What is a Q of E and how is it different from an audit? We get asked that quite a bit, Patrick. So I appreciate the opportunity to explain it. So a quality of earnings, I'm going to explain what it is first. Okay. I'm going to talk about how it compares to an audit. So quality of earnings, I want to emphasize on those two words. Earnings is obviously, you know, what's the company's earning net income or EBITDA is the word that we hear a lot. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. But what is the quality of those earnings? How are they earned? What's going on with the trends of those earnings? Uh, so the reason why that's different from an audit, and as you mentioned, a lot of lower middle market companies do not have audits or even reviewed financials. An audit or review tells the what, where a quality of earnings tells the why and the how. Mm. The what meaning, well, what are they doing that is in compliance with GAAP? So it's really just kind of checking the boxes where a quality of earnings is telling the why are they doing that? Why are they earning certain things? Why do they have certain customers in certain industries in certain areas and geographical locations? Why are they changing certain policies or procedures? And how are they doing that? What's their accounting team look like? What's the balance sheet look like? And how is it being, how are the, um, how are the accruals being calculated? So it really talks a lot about that. Um, and keeping in mind, again, the quality also meaning what's that going to look like on a go forward basis? When you're buying or selling a company, you're buying the cash flows. You're not just looking at the earnings, you're buying the cash. And so you really want to understand how that cash is going to continue on a go forward basis. And that's what a quality of earnings really, really digs into. We ask a lot of questions that feels like an audit, but it's not quite as abrasive as one. Uh, and there's a, just a lot of good questions and communications back and forth with it. Yeah, and I think that's the core, that's at the core of M&A when you're looking at a potential target or if you want to be sold is not what, what your value is today. What is your value for us down the road? And, and you know, that, that's the story that needs to be told. And, you know, uh, you described it. And I, I like the way you described a QV report is it is you know, telling a story with the numbers. Can you expand yeah. on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So Q of E will really talk about the numbers and what the trends are with those numbers. You know, so for example, and I'll just use customer concentration. Mm -hmm. For example, if you have a large concentration on your top two or three or even, you know, customers or even the top 20% is by, you know, a, a small concentration of customers, then that's not really high quality. Because that story is telling that if you lose a customer, one of these big customers, you're toast. Uh, and it also tells a story of uh, on the balance sheet, you know, how's your inventory being calculated? What's going, what happened in COVID? What happened post-COVID? What are those inventory numbers? And so as a seller, you're going to want to not only understand that yourself, which you generally do, but you're going to want to be able to tell that story in a good lens so that the buyer can understand and not say, holy smokes, you have a whole lot of inventory from COVID. Well, what happened? Well, that quality of earnings will really help to tell that story in a good light so that you can understand. And as a buyer, 
You're going to want to know how that story is told so that you can understand what to do. I'll give you a great example, Patrick. We, uh, I was representing uh, a company that was buying another one, and they had they, they were selling protein powders. They had just uh, gone from a uh, they just opened up a uh, a twenty count uh, inventory skew. Uh, their primary one's a 40 count. And they have bought a ton of those 20 counts because they were thinking they're going to blow these out. Their sales were low, super low. And so with the quality of earnings, we actually helped them, even from a buy side, we helped them identify, well, rather than write off all this inventory because it's going to expire before you're able to sell it, we said, hey, what if you use those 20 counts SKUs to fulfill your 40 counts and just tell your customers, just add them a note and say, hey, listen, we've got some of these. We're going to give you two bags and your benefit is you only have to open one bag at a time. So we're able to really identify those things and tell those kinds of mm -hmm. stories and also help you to understand what those numbers mean and how you can really interpret those on a go for basis. That way you can understand what your true EBITDA is because most companies are bought on a multiple of EBITDA. So we really help you identify what that true EBITDA is with that story. Well, and uh, are you engaged largely by sellers looking to sell in advance before they go to market? Or is it just, you know, buyer, buyers have a target and the target's not audited, they don't have reports. And so this is part of the diligence process for the buyer. I mean, what's, what's the split on that? You know, it's been very interesting. When we first started this a few years ago, we really saw a whole lot of buy sides. You know, they were coming in, they had a target identified, and they really wanted us to help them to understand that story in the numbers. Now we're seeing that flipped quite a bit, and it's almost a 50-50 and maybe even more of a 60-40 on a sell side. Because the, the, the compression and, and uh, evaluations, we're seeing a lot of sellers have to be able to tell that story, as you mentioned, and they can really do that with a quality of sell side quality of earnings that helps them to have that strength, number one, mm -hmm. and number two, really induce that confidence. And so we're seeing a large, fast, heavy swing over to a sell side. And. You know, in, in my opening, I mentioned that, you know, the, these can, you know, benefit or work the downside, uh, you know, depending on how the report comes. Yeah. Describe both sides of that and then how sellers can go ahead because we do a lot on the sell side. How can sellers leverage this tool? Yeah, definitely. So the benefit is really if you're I talked to someone earlier this week who in COVID, they made a significant change in their business and uh, wanted to really understand how is a, how is a buyer going to look at that? What's well, not really a continual business for them. And so they're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to add all this back. And we said, you know what? We can help you to tell that story and understand how a buyer is going to look at that and really present the picture that you as a founder are able to adjust according to market conditions and economic conditions. Uh, so that's something that's good. Uh, on a on a bad side, a lot of times from a buy side, oh man, I, I'll tell you a story. Uh, we were representing a, a buyer, and uh, on the I was talking with the target and kept asking, now what are some management addbacks? What are some things that you feel are non related to the business or non continual items that should be added back? Nothing, nothing. I don't think we have any of that. So I said. Great. So I went in and found, you know, some of the addbacks that are pretty normal. And then right before I'm able to deliver a draft, they came back and had this laundry list. Oh, well, what about this? What about this? 
And it's like they were just shooting from the hip, just trying to beg for as much as they could do. And that really turned a buyer off quite a bit because they're like, you know, wow, what are they what are they trying to cover? What's going on here? So I really had to help understand both sides and see where they were coming from. It was a very difficult deal. I don't believe it ended up closing in the end because there is a lot of trust issues and and uh, not just on the numbers, but on a lot of other things. But I was, you know, very interested uh, where so if you engage us long before, we can walk you through well, what's a buyer gonna look for? We can really help you to understand, you know, how to look for those management apps and present those in a way that a buy side is going to really understand and have some strength to it. Yeah, I think that your earlier work on the buy side educated you guys and gave you the experience. So you know what they're looking for. And you know the red flags that they're going to be very sensitive to and how those, you know, what are the appropriate responses to those? So is this a big problem or a little problem? Yeah, we're able to educate the sellers as we're talking with them too. We okay. help them to understand what their earnings are from a buyer buy side perspective. Well, and you mentioned now that sellers are are coming, reaching out to you well in advance. Talk about the onboarding procedure that you guys go through at Amp Leo. I mean, what's involved in it? And we can't get around costs. So if there's a ballpark yeah, cost for engagement, definitely. how does that look? Definitely. So a typical engagement will start out, you know, someone reaching out to us and it's pretty much by referral. All the business that we get is by word of mouth referral. You know, repeat CEOs, repeat founders, repeat you know, private equity, investment bankers, uh, business brokerage, you know, individuals such as yourself, you know, they... They've either engaged with us before or have spoken with someone who has engaged with us. And so they'll give myself, you know, or someone a call. We'll chat with them. We'll, you know, get on a Zoom call, you know, for two or three times, 30 minutes or an hour at a time and help them, you know, kind of discover what it is that they're doing, understand the business, what they're looking for, what their goals are. And then that will help us to understand more about how to scope the quality of earnings. Because there's really, you know, kind of the quality of earnings light and then there's a the quality of earnings heavy. And then it really depends, a lot of it will depend upon, you know, what the size of the business is. I mean, our sweet spot is really that two to 50 million revenue. We'll go up to a hundred million in revenue. We won't go anything more than that. We'll leave that, you know, to the big guys. We'll charge a hundred thousand dollars plus. I'll talk about our costs here in a second, but we really serve that lower to middle market. It's the underserved market that we are the subject matter experts in. We have tons of experience. We have a large team. And so after that discovery call, we'll send them an engagement letter. They can take a look at it. We'll have the entire scope on there, the fee process. Uh, and then once they sign that and do a 50% deposit, again, I'll talk about costs here in a sec. We can start that day or the next mm. day. We have a very, very deep bench. We have great individuals who know the industries and who can jump on real fast. And it typically takes about four to six, sometimes eight weeks from beginning to end. And we're talking with them throughout the whole process, giving them weekly updates, asking a lot of questions, giving them flash reports, you know, whether it's a buy side or a sell side, so they can understand what we're seeing. We'll even open up, you know, a call and say, hey, here's the kind of stuff I'm finding. Walk me through this. So regarding costs, as you mentioned, you know, it's uh, for us, and I'm going to go from bottom to the top, really the bare, bare minimum that you need to have that confidence, that earnings match what the economic representation of the company is. You have to have a cash to revenue proof. And if that's all you want, if you're a small company, you know, just a million or two, and that's 
all you need or all you want, then we'll charge you 10 grand to do that. So that's, you know, super small, something that we can jump on real fast and get done. It's basically that's matching your bank statements to your reported revenue, backing out any non-revenue deposits from the bank statements to make sure that they tie together. We have a quality of earnings light that's, you know, just pretty slimmed down that are typically around 20 grand or so. And then we have a quality of earnings heavy that's got everything. It's got inventory, you've got addbacks, you've got multiple entities, you know, and those we are typically around 35 or 40. Our average, Patrick, I mean, out of all the, and I keep stats on all this, our average quality of earnings is $25,000. Okay. Now, when you're looking at other, you know, um, other, I guess, top 11 or 10, you know, instead of big four, we kind of have the next 11, you know, I guess is what people are saying. You know, they're typically 70 to 90,000 plus. Wow. You know, going on. I saw a report yesterday and I won't mention uh, who the, who the accounting firm is, um, but their minimum, minimum fee is 200,000. They won't touch anything unless they'll charge you 200,000 for it. So when you think, okay, well, $25,000 for a lower middle market, that is outstanding. And the quality that we give, and I, I hope you, you you provide a link, please, to our actual sample of quality of earnings that I sent to you, because we want that to get out there. We want people to see what a QV actually looks like, because a lot of people hear about them and they see kind of some reports. We want to show you what a full report looks like. Oh, actually, we'll make sure we have that link in our show notes that are going to be attached Thank with you. So that, that won't be a problem at all. And you had already given a kind of a, a, a profile of your, your average uh, client. Any industry or uh, geographic region that you can uh, fine tune for us? Yes, we are actually industry and geographic agnostic, but I will okay. tell you kind of some of the concentrations we're seeing. Geographically, we're not seeing a ton of concentration at all. We are based in Utah. We have clients all over. I've actually don't only seen a few of our quality of earnings here in Utah. We have a few Utah-based clients that we do serve specifically. But I mean, currently we've got uh, we've got several reports, and I think actually none of them are based out of Utah right now. As far as the industry goes, uh, e-commerce and and uh, and services are just hot and sexy right now. So we're seeing quite a bit of those. But we serve, we've done quality of earnings in so many industries right now. We, manufacturing, we've actually done, a, we're doing one in energy right now. We've done a few of those uh, service providers, multi-entity. We're getting ready to kick off one of those in the next week or two. Uh, crypto and blockchain, uh, agriculture, farming. I mean, so we, we really serve about any industry. Well, that's, all, that's solving a mystery if you're in the crypto area. <laughs> those are pretty crazy <laughs> we, we've got we've got a handful of amazing cfos who are just oh man let me tell you they're top notch in that kind of stuff well and business is good and is booming if you've got a segment of the of, of your community that is only dealing with two hundred thousand dollar plus engagements which is a reflection, I guess, <laughs> on does there there's a robust M&A community out there and deals are happening quite a bit and a lot of that acceleration in the last couple of years is I, we credit it to the insurance industry because uh, there's now a way that, you know, risk can be transferred away from the two parties off to an insurance company. It's called rep and warranty wow. insurance. And it's, it's had a huge impact on not only the, the uh, safety of deals, but the speed that deals happen. 
but you know, don't take my word for it. Patrick, good, bad, or indifferent. What's been your experience with rep and warranty insurance? You know, it was, it's very interesting, Patrick. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you because I didn't, I had not had any experience with it. I'm very familiar with the reps and warranties, you know, on, on purchase price and everything. And I tell you what, that is a very strenuous conversation from both parties, especially when you have the attorneys involved. And so to understand, you know, someone like you that provides a service like that specific to the sell side, I tell you what, that is huge. And that's why I'm going to be talking with a lot of our clients about that. So yeah, I, I like that's that. what that's what's been great is this this product. Uh, essentially what happens is it, it takes the seller reps that the the buyer has performed diligence on. And post-closing, if it turns out those reps were inaccurate and those inaccuracies led to the buyer losing money, the buyer through the purchase sale agreement, the terms of the agreement can claw back some of those lost funds from the seller. Sellers don't like that, but that's part of the agreement. It's called the indemnification clause. Well, the insurance industry stepped in and said to the two parties, tell you what, show us the reps, show us the diligence. And for a couple bucks, you guys don't have to fight over each other. Come to us with the loss and we will pay the buyer. And that's been a real elegant solution. The newest evolution of reps and warranties because this product was reserved for deals priced $50 million and up. So it, it was under extremely uh, strict diligence uh, requirements to, to be able to be eligible for the coverage. That left out a lot of smaller deals that are in the, you know, literally the one to $30 million enterprise value range. Even if they wanted the coverage, they couldn't get it. Yeah. There's a new product out there called TLPE, Transaction Liability Private Enterprise. And what it does is it ensures the seller, the seller is the policyholder, against claims brought against them from the buyer for a breach of the reps. And the nice thing is we underwrite the seller. And if the seller receives notice from the buyer, seller doesn't have to respond. The seller just forwards that notice of a breach to, to the underwriters and the underwriters negotiate settlement with the buyer at a cost of $15,000 per million dollars in limits. Okay. It is just a bargain for both parties involved. And quite frankly, while the seller usually pays for it, there are a lot of cases where the buyer wants to contribute and they'll, and they'll split the cost. So it's been a very, very nice evolution as this market has matured. Now, yeah, that's huge. And sorry to interrupt yeah, you. You mentioned please, something please. that they want to see the diligence. And so there again, it's absolutely vital that they have a solid diligence report or quality of earnings. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can't, you cannot get go forward without it right now. And and that was actually an easing of the restrictions. Uh, original rep and warranty policies four or five years ago, the, uh, the financials had to be audited. They weren't audited. The, you know, the, the oh, risk wow. wasn't eligible. So quality of earnings has definitely been a very, very useful tool for underwriters. And and going forward, we can see it now uh, with with the smaller deals where they're getting quality of your earnings reports. And it is a great, uh, I'd say, risk mitigator. So you get more favorable treatment from underwriters when you have a QV report. So now, it's almost like a double risk mitigator because that QV really helps you, number one, mitigate that risk as well. You wouldn't buy a car without taking it to a mechanic. Yeah, you wouldn't buy a house without getting, you know, several different types of inspections. Well, you wouldn't buy a business without getting a good, solid due diligence of everything and particularly the financials. Because why are you buying it? Financials, cash flow. It's, and, and that's the bottom line on this. And that's the source of, of most claims for rep and warranty policies. 
the you know the financials weren't yeah. completely accurate for yeah. whatever reason and those inaccuracies if they cost the buyer that's what the policy pays so it's been a yeah. very very uh over the test of time that we've had it's been a very very elegant solution and underwriters pay claims a lot faster than under any other policy so it's it's stood up so uh we're, we're very very proud of it nice yeah. nice yeah. So now, Patrick, as we look forward here in, in 2023, we're about halfway through. What trends do you see for the rest of the year, either, you know, macro or just with Amplio? Yeah, uh, I'll actually start out with our trends uh, and Amplio and then I'll you know, kind of you know, go out into the market. So we are growing quite a bit. We have hundred over 120 consultants now, you know, wow. nationwide, like I said. So we're you know, people are really understanding the need for that true CFO. And so we're grateful to be able to, to jump in and help out you know, on many different levels. We're growing. We're seeing our clients grow. Yeah, we're seeing you know, some compression in, uh, in valuations. Uh, however, we're seeing a lot of growth in numbers, you know, and that's really getting solidified. And that's something that that really we really like. Um I'm seeing a lot of normal return to normalization is what a lot of people are hearing. You know, people are like, Oh my gosh, compression values. I was I was supposed to get a 12 XC, but uh, now I'm going to get a 4X. You know why? Well, guess what? That's what it was pre-COVID. So uh you're just back to that. And you probably got a COVID bump anyway. And so we're just kind of seeing some normalization there. And that's something that I think is is vital and important. Um, we're seeing a lot of something on the quality of earnings side itself that I'm really seeing a lot is that increased uh, skepticism and scrutiny, you know, so rather than trying to throw, you know, a whole lot of ad backs, you know, from a sell side and see what a buy side will recognize. No, let's, let's actually understand them and really make sure that both sides have that confidence in each other. So that's a big, huge, huge, uh, change that we're seeing so and that's why it's important that you have an expert like us really understand how to do a qv whether it's a buy side or a sell side outstanding well patrick mcmillan from amp leo how can our audience members find you yeah a few different ways uh go to our website uh com. We have a lot of resources there. We've got some blogs, some glossary items, some guides. You know, they're again like the quality of earnings guide, or sorry, the quality of earnings report or sample that you can download there. Um, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Patrick McMillan. That's spelled M C M I L L A N. Uh, and actually, I have uh, just set up a a website that can just direct you to my LinkedIn. Just Q of E guy.com. That's the letter Q. OF, the letter E, G U Y.com. That'll direct you right over to my LinkedIn. People know me as a Q of E guy, so I figured why not? Perfect. Great, great, great. Well, that's good, good branding on your part. Well, Patrick and Mullen, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us today. It was great, great talking to you again. My pleasure. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it.